The British Israel Church of God presents The Watchman Program The Watchman says Watch World News Watch Europe Watch China Watch Middle East The Watchman unlocks all Bible prophecy From the past, the present And the world to come And now Evangelist and commentator Peter Salemi Hi, Peter Salemi, and welcome to the Watchman program, sponsored to you by the British Israel Church of God. I was talking to a local pastor one time, and uh, we were talking about life after death, and I asked him, what happens to a three-year-old, let's say, pagan baby, who's never heard the name Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what happens to this person's soul if she dies of some sort of terrible disease? What happens to this person's soul at death? Heaven? Well, she can't go to heaven because she never knew the name of Jesus Christ, didn't have the missionary come over to her town and preach the gospel to her and let her know about sin and salvation and Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross for the sins of the world and so on. She never heard the gospel. So heaven? No, that's out of the question. Hell? Well, is that fair? I mean... It's not her fault she was born in a pagan environment. It's not her fault that she didn't live and grow up and to come to understand the biblical truths about Jesus and God's law and sin and salvation and so on. It's not her fault that she died of some sort of you know, horrible disease or famine or whatever and she died at three years old. So, hell... Would God send that poor little pagan baby to hell? Uh, no, that's not fair. What happens to this person's soul at death? I think this question kind of brought about the idea of purgatory, where the Catholic Church couldn't really answer this question, so they came up with the concept of purgatory, which, of course, you cannot find in the Bible. So what happens to this person's soul at death? Well, the local pastor says to me, well, I know. If that person is not saved, well, then she's already saved. And I said, really? She's already saved? He says, yes, the person is already saved. And I said, well, then why do you guys send missionaries over so she can have a chance to be lost? Think about it. If she's already saved... What's the point in preaching the gospel? I mean, if we go over and preach the gospel, and she learns about hell, then she has a chance to be lost, doesn't she? Where before, she did not, because she was already saved. That line of thinking negates the whole purpose of preaching the gospel. So, what happens to a person's soul at death? We're going to go through this in this program and to see if the Bible actually teaches about an immortal soul, about going to heaven and hell when you die, and what does the Bible actually say is the condition of the person when that person dies. What is the condition at death? And a lot of people have speculated about what happens at death. They even made movies about uh, people having near-death experiences. They're dead for a few hours. They come back, and all these weird things happen to them and so on. They've come up with movies about this particular topic. 
but what does your Bible say? Because the Bible is from the Creator. The Creator God, who knows everything, knows what happens to a person's soul, if they do have a soul, at death. So we must go to the Creator to find out the answers about what happens to a person when he or she dies. Now I want to make a challenge out there for all the listeners. And I've been making this challenge for years. And now that I'm on radio, I'm going to make this challenge on radio as well. I will give you a $1,000 certified check if you can find for me these following phrases in the Bible. You listening? $1,000 at stake. Find this for me in the Bible. When we die, we go to heaven. Heaven is the reward of the saved. We will all meet in heaven. I will meet my friends and family up in heaven. Heaven is the reward of the saved. Find for me those following phrases, because it is such a cornerstone of Christian belief. Find for me those following phrases in the Bible, and I will give you $1,000 of my own money. And I will give you another $1,000 if you can find for me these following, if you can find these two words put together in the Bible. The immortal soul, or the immortality of the soul. If you can find that in the Bible, I will give you another $1,000. And tell me why it says in 1 Timothy 6.16 that Christ alone has immortality, and then in 1 Corinthians 15th chapter, the Apostle Paul says that we must put on immortality. And this happens at the time of the resurrection. It is not something that's inherent within you, but we must put it on at the second coming of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So why does it say that in the Bible? So if you can find those phrases for me, I will give you $1,000 of my own money. So there is my challenge. So what does the Bible say about the immortal soul? Is your soul immortal? Is that what the Bible says? Let's go to the Ezekiel, the 18th chapter, and verse 4, to see what your Bible says about the soul. Ezekiel 18, verse 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father so also the soul of the Son is mine. Then he says, The soul that sinneth, it, that's the soul, shall die. Souls die. So that means they're not immortal. Let's go to the New Testament in Matthew the 10th chapter, and let's see what Jesus Christ says here. Speaking of the Father, he says, Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul but rather fear him, that's God, which is able to destroy both soul and body in, it says hell, but it should read Gehenna. So, Jesus says that the soul is destroyed. The Old Testament says the same thing, that souls die. So the Bible says that your soul is not immortal, but it is subject to destruction and death. And that's exactly what Romans the 6th chapter says in verse 23. It says 
The wages of sin is death. Not the wages of sin is eternal life in hellfire, but the wages of sin is death. So where did this concept of the immortality of the soul come from? I want to read to you a little quote here from Robert Leo Odom's book, Is Your Soul Immortal? Wonderful book, if you can pick it up at any uh, bookstore. Uh, the best bet is probably a Seventh-day Adventist bookstore where you can get a book like this. But maybe you can try a mainstream Christian bookstore. Maybe they will hold it, have it. But it says this in page 93. He says, The false doctrine of the immortality of the human soul was first taught to man by Satan. Then he quotes Genesis, the third chapter, verse 1 through 4. And that's the when when God says to Adam that if you eat the fruit of the tree, you shall surely die. Satan comes along and says, you shall not surely die, implying the immortality of the soul. He goes on to say, this has been perpetuated through the centuries by heathen philosophy and heathen religions down to the present time. Then he says in the second century AD, some of the so-called church fathers who had been reared and educated in heathenism and later accepted Christianity, presented the heathen doctrine of the immortality of the soul as a tenet of the church. So this concept of the immortality of the soul was actually in the heathen religions. And then when these heathens converted to Christianity, try to work the immortality of the soul into the Christian religion, try to find it in the scriptures, twisted the scriptures, some scriptures to show that the immortality of the human soul is actually in the Bible, when in reality it is not. Now, some people might argue that the Jews in antiquity believed in the immortality of the soul, but I want to quote to you something from the Jewish Encyclopedia under the article, The Immortality of the Soul, and it says this, the belief that the soul continues in existence after the dissolution of the body is nowhere expressly taught in the Holy Scripture. And of course, they're, they're talking about the Old Testament. The belief in the immortality of the soul came to the Jews from contact with Greek thought and chiefly through the philosophy of Plato, its principal exponent, who has led, it, led to it through Orphic and Eleusinian Mysteries in which Babylonian and Egyptian views were strangely blended. So the Old Testament, the Jewish Encyclopedia freely admits the immortality of the soul is not in the Old Testament, but the Jews that did believe in the immortality of the soul, they got it from Greek philosophy and heathenism and not from the Bible. And it kind of makes you wonder when you see some of these documentaries about haunted houses and people seeing ghosts and departed loved ones haunting their house and so on, it makes you wonder who is really perpetuating this deception of the immortality of the soul. Well, obviously, it's creator, which is Satan the devil, the father of all liars. Now, since we don't have an immortal soul, then what is the condition of the dead? What does God say is the condition of the dead in 
what does he say in the Bible about what is our condition at the time of death? I want to go to Psalm, the 146th chapter, and King David says this about the condition of people when they are dead. It says in verse 4, his breath goes forth, he returns to his earth, just like God says, that dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. And that's in the book of Genesis. He returns to his earth. In that very day, his thoughts perish. So there is unconsciousness in the grave. They don't go wafting off somewhere into heaven, and they're conscious. It says their thoughts perish. Notice Ezekiel, the ninth Ecclesiastes, rather, the ninth chapter in verse 5, it says, For the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. So the dead are unconscious in the grave. Now, does it say the same thing in the New Testament? Now, before I get into the New Testament, just one more uh, note here, that it's interesting that in the Old Testament... When every time a king died in the book of Kings and Chronicles, you see that the Bible says that they slept with their fathers. So there is no consciousness in the grave. They are unconscious, and it likens death like a deep, profound sleep. And we see the same thing in John, the 11th chapter. Here, Jesus is going to Lazarus' tomb to resurrect Lazarus out of his tomb. And he says this in verse 11. It says, Our friend Lazarus sleepeth, but I go that I may awake him out of his sleeps out of his sleep. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he shall do well. Howbeit Jesus spake of his death. But they thought he had spoken of taking a rest and sleep. And then Jesus said unto them plainly, verse fourteen, Lazarus is dead. So the Bible shows in the New Testament that death is a condition of unconsciousness, a condition that it calls sleep. Now, the question is, what are you going to believe? Are you going to believe Jesus, or are you going to believe your pastor? Are you going to say, well, you know what, my pastor's right, but Jesus didn't know what he was talking about. My churches are right, but Jesus, he was a little out there. He didn't really didn't know what he was talking about. Is that the way we are supposed to approach it? Or are we to believe the Bible first and then question the pastor and ask him why he believes in something that contradicts what the Bible says? Here's another scripture in John the 5th chapter. Here Jesus is speaking about the resurrection of the dead. And it shows the condition of the dead when Jesus comes to this earth to resurrect them. He says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead, and who are the dead? What is the condition of the dead? Well, we read it in Ecclesiastes 9. The dead know not anything. Their thoughts perish. Psalm 146.4. Lazarus sleeps. And then it says, Lazarus is dead. So the dead here are sleeping. They're unconscious. They are in the graves. When the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God. So they're not already hearing it. They shall hear, future tense, 
the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. So, plainly, Jesus says that they shall hear and shall live. Verse 28 says, Marvel not at this, even though many of you probably are, for the hour is coming in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. The Bible says plainly that the dead are asleep and they shall hear his voice at the second coming. And then it says, they shall come forth, verse 29, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, that is the eternal life that we are to inherit. And they that have done evil unto the resurrection of, as it should read, judgment. So the Bible speaks about a resurrection. And then when you look at the resurrection chapters in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, it talks about, those that are dead are asleep in Jesus, and they shall be resurrected. As Before I go on, I want to offer you this free literature that we have for you, absolutely free of charge, called You Shall Surely Die, is one booklet that talks about the condition of the dead and examines the word soul in the King James Version of the Bible, and what does it really mean? The condition of the dead, and also... When we die, do we go to heaven? Do we go to hell? And we examine hell and where that concept actually came from. And also another booklet on the resurrections, a detailed booklet on the resurrections. So I urge you to get those booklets, that literature that is absolutely free of charge. And Bill Pitsinas will tell you where you can get that literature. To get your free CD-ROMs, United States and Britain in Prophecy, please write to us at British Israel, Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Parump, Nevada, postal code 89060, or log on to our website at www.britishisrael.ca. All right, get those free booklets on this particular subject and the United States and Britain in prophecy, which we add to every CD-ROM because it's a very important uh, biblical topic. And log on to our website, britishisrael.ca, and you can read the booklets online. You can download them. You can print them out. You can do whatever you want with them. They are absolutely free of charge. Or you can just Google the British Israel Church of God, and it'll take you right to our website. All right, now early in the program, I gave the challenge about finding the phrases, when we die, do we go to heaven? Heaven is the reward of the saved. And of course, I made that challenge because I know it's not in the Bible. And I've had this $1,000 check in the desk, in my own personal desk. It's been sitting there for years because no one can answer that challenge. But what does the Bible say? Do we go to heaven when we die? Well, the Bible says this in Matthew, the fifth chapter. It says, Blessed are the meek, verse 5, for they shall inherit the earth. Not a heaven. The Bible says that we shall inherit the earth. Well, isn't that strange? I've been taught all my life that when I die, I go to heaven. Yet Jesus says we inherit the earth. What are we going to do with that scripture? Are we going to believe Jesus Christ? Or are we going to believe our pastors? Again, is my church right? Or do I believe 
the Bible. The, cho- the, the choice is up to you. I have no problem with that because I believe what the Bible says. Remember, trust in no man. Trust in Jesus Christ. Make sure that your pastor backs everything up with the scriptures and compare scripture with scripture. Do what the Bereans did. Compare scripture with scripture. And as Isaiah the 8th chapter says, if they don't speak according to this word, that means there is no light in them. Remember that. When you're talking to people that say they are Christians, make sure that they can back everything up with the Bible. Here's another scripture in John, the third chapter, verse 13. Jesus says this, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Well, that's weird. I know preachers that teach that Elijah's up in heaven. Enoch is up in heaven. They preach that all these people are up in heaven. Moses is up in heaven. Yet Jesus says, no man hath ascended up to heaven. And here's another interesting scripture in Acts, the second chapter. This is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is already on the throne in heaven, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And it says this in Acts, the second chapter, verse 34. David, King David, a man after God's own heart, it says, King David hath not ascended into the heavens. So David's not up there. But what about Isaac? What about Enoch? What about Elijah? What about all these people? Why do preachers say that these people are up in heaven when Jesus Christ said, no man has ascended up to heaven? That David is not up in heaven. Now I find Hebrews the 11th chapter a very interesting chapter because it lists all the great heroes of faith in the Old Testament, Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses. And it says this in verse 13, a very interesting statement. These all died in faith, so they're dead. And we know the condition of the dead, what the Bible says the condition of the dead is. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. And what's the promises? Eternal life. They didn't receive it. Yet, people believe that these people are up in heaven. What are we going to do with these scriptures? Now, I urge you to read our booklet online at BritishIsrael.ca. You shall surely die. And it goes through all the scriptures to show you that when we die, we are in our graves awaiting the resurrection. Now, what about hell? A lot of sermons on hell. I mean, I saw one preacher one time, he got so descriptive about hell, and he was getting so riled up about it, it was almost like he tore the lid off of hell, looked down, and screamed at what he saw down there. He was so agitated about hell and telling people that they should accept Jesus or they shall go to hell, a place of eternal torments, where you're like a bunch of bacon on a hot spit, and you're sitting there, and you're being burnt continually, without any rest whatsoever. And this is going on forever and ever and ever. Can you conceive in your mind the word forever? No, you can't. 
Your mind is limited. Just like your reach is limited, your eyesight is limited, your mind is limited. Your mind can't wrap around the very concept of the word forever. It's just impossible. Yet these guys try to tell us that we are subject to that kind of torture forever and ever 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 and ever. Now when I hear about this concept about hell, it's almost like God is a split personality. On the one hand, the Bible says that God is love, and the Bible does say that. It says God is love. Yet, when I hear about this concept about hell, then we see a God that they preach, it's not in the Bible, but a God that they preach, a God of subjecting his children, and that's what we are, the children of God, to a place of torture and torment forever and ever and ever. How can anybody conceive of a God, a loving God, that would actually do that to his own children? Well, it's not in the Bible. It is a concept, a pagan concept, like the religion of Islam. They teach in the Quran that there's a place called hell, and these people, are their skins are burnt totally, but then the skins grow back again, and they taste the whole torment again anew. And they get it, that from the pagan concept of hell, and the pagans teach the same thing. But God, the Bible says, not only is he a loving God, but he is a just God. He loves justice. And when you look at the Old Testament, you see that God lets the punishment suit the crime. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, burning for burning, smiting for smiting, life for Life. He doesn't overdo it and torture people. It's life for life. Now, there are three words in the Bible that are translated hell. And I better hurry up because I'm almost running out of time. The first word is Hades, and it literally means the grave, just like in the Old Testament, Sheol, and it just means the grave. The other word is Gehenna. And Gehenna was a place, and when Jesus spoke of Gehenna, they could see it. It was right over his shoulder. There was Gehenna. It was the Valley of Hinnom where the town dumps smoldered, and there was continual fires burning there that would consume the garbage until it became ash. And then the third word is Tartaru, and that just means a condition of restraint. That Jesus said, I saw Satan come down to this earth as lightning, then when Satan came down to this earth, God locked him on this earth, and his influence cannot go past the boundaries of this earth. So he is in a condition of restraint, and that's what hell means. It's just a mistranslation of the word hell. So what happens to evil, wicked people that refuse to repent, want nothing to do with God or his laws or his righteousness or his kingdom? They have rejected God totally. What happens to these people? Malachi, the fourth chapter, says in verse 1, Behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, all that do wickedly, shall be stubble, and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Eternal of hosts, and it shall leave neither root nor branch. And then it says, Ye, that's the righteous, shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. 
in, in the day that I shall do this, saith the Eternal of hosts. So God says they shall be burnt up and become ash. They don't exist anymore. The wages of sin is death. And this is eternal death that we read of in Revelation, the 20th chapter. So it is eternal death. They don't exist anymore. And that is a just God, a loving God, putting them out of their mercy because they are wicked. And we all know what sin and wickedness does to a person. It literally tortures them and kills them. And God, because they don't want anything to do with God, they know the truth and have rejected it, a just God puts them out of their misery and they receive eternal death and are burnt up. So there, this is what the Bible really says happens to evil, wicked people. And I wish I had time to go into the three resurrections that are in the Bible, but I urge you to read those booklets, You Shall Surely Die and The Resurrection. Three booklets that you can get online on our website at britishisrael.ca. So thank you for listening. This is Peter Salemi saying goodbye, friends, and I'll see you here next time on the Watchman Program. All our literature is offered free of charge. Write to us at British Israel Church of God, 171 West Barbara Avenue, Pahrump, Nevada, postal code 89060. Our website address is www.britishisrael.ca. This is Bill Pizzina saying goodbye, friends. <laughs>